Today on Blue 58, the Packers are flying high at 4-1 after a big win in Big D. What made it possible? Let's discuss. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here after another Packers win. Before we dive in and talk about what happened in this one, I would like to remind you that this podcast is sponsored in part by Ticket King Wisconsin. The Packers are returning to Lambeau Field next Monday for a Monday night football date with the Detroit Lions, rounding out their NFC North schedule. Be there in person with tickets from Ticket King. Check out our link at thepowersweep.com or visit theticketking.com to find your tickets. What happened in this one? Well, the Packers picked up a big road win and made me look like a real big dummy for my pregame prediction. I, of course, predicted that the Cowboys would win. Looked like they were a pretty good team coming in this one. The Packers were pretty beat up. Playing on the road, that looks like, on paper at least, a pretty good bet for the home team. But that's not what happened. The Packers come out on top 34-24, to and I end up looking silly. Makes me wonder why I do predictions. Part of it, you know, is, is an obligation. Everybody does predictions in the media, even though I do an entire podcast every year about how I hate predictions because nobody is accountable to their predictions. We've kind of made that a thing here. We do predictions and then we follow up on them uh, at the end of the year. Game by game predictions, I I just don't know. (laughs) Everyone does them. You feel obligated to. And it does give you a bit of a snapshot at what your thinking was when you kind of put the wraps on your final thoughts about a game. It's good for me because it gives me a good regular dose of humble pie, reminding me that yeah, I don't always have as great a grasp on all this stuff as, as I'd like to think. And it gives you, as a listener, a good reason to take what I say with a grain of salt, which you should, because I'm just one guy anyway. But seriously, though, this is probably, in the five weeks that we've been doing this, the signature win of the Matt LaFleur era so far. I don't care how it happened so much, whether the Packers, you know, really put a, 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 a licking on Dallas or whatever, or just held on for the win. It's a win. An expression I like and I use probably more often than people around me would like is don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You know, don't take a thing that's good and try to overanalyze it. Just say, hey, we got a free horse. Or in this case, hey, we got a win in Dallas. Yeah, it's fair to say that the Packers probably let them back in. They fell into neutral a little bit in the second half on offense. Their defense uh, was more break than bend but not break. All that is true. But a win is a win, and the Packers are 4-1, and one, and they're putting some distance between themselves and the rest of the NFC North, distance that can increase with a win over the Lions next week. Let's jump into why this all happened. Three reasons. We've kind of fallen into that uh, over the past few weeks. Three reasons why the Packers won or lost. First and biggest reason, probably this week, has to be Aaron Jones. The Packers found a way to get him involved, and he delivered when they did get him involved. He was involved in the passing game. He was involved on tosses. He was involved on inside zone runs and outside zone runs and runs from shotgun. In doing so, all of that, he piled up 182 all-purpose yards and four touchdowns and joined some pretty elite company 
in doing so. Only five players in Packers history prior to this game had put up more than 150 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns in the same game. Sterling Sharp did it twice because of course he did. He's great. Paul Horning did it. Dorsey Levins did it. Jim Taylor did it. Donnie Anderson did it. And now Aaron Jones did it playing in front of a bunch of friends and family in Dallas. We should add the line, though, that Aaron Jones had more yards than any of them, and he's now just one of three players in Packers history to have more than 175 all-purpose yards and four touchdowns. Although right along with Aaron Jones was the other Aaron on the Packers offense, Aaron Rodgers. Mostly he took what the defense gave him in this one. I don't know if I've quite fully formulated an opinion here on Rodgers' game in this one because at times the passing game did seem a tad disjointed of course there are some extenuating factors there you've got a beat up left tackle a beat up right tackle a beat up center a rookie left guard and you're without your top receiving target your passing game might be a little bit disjointed in those circumstances overall right now at 11:29 p.m the night after the game i think i feel pretty good about aaron Rodgers' game in dallas He didn't try to win it all by himself. He didn't have to win it all by himself. I do feel like he left a couple plays out there, even if overall uh, he put the Packers in a good position to win. He had the shot play to Marquez Valdez-Scantling that ended up being a pass interference play, but could have just flat out been a touchdown that he left a little bit short. This is the question about arm strength again, and we'd have to go back and look at that play in depth to see if he really had a chance to put everything into it. It kind of looked like he did, and it, it came up a little bit short. There was the pass interference, and the Packers ended up getting the yards anyway. The second play was his uh, run-pass option pull on the third and goal play of the Packers' fifth offensive drive. Bit of an unfortunate play sequence there. The Packers did try to run down close to the goal line. They went mega heavy set, and uh, Aaron Jones got stuffed on first down. Then Aaron Rodgers had to throw the ball away after they ran a pass play where everything was designed to go left. They only looked like they had two, maybe three players out in the route. There was nothing there. Rodgers couldn't even roll left, and so he had to throw the ball away going back to the right. Then he pulls the ball on a a run-pass option, and the pass is tipped way up in the air. Had somebody been standing in the right spot, it would have been another interception on a very similar play. But overall, I think it feel pretty good here. And I think that even if he didn't put up gaudy numbers, Rodgers helped the Packers to win in a big way. We'll circle back around to Rodgers' stats in this one uh, at the end of the show. Finally, the Packers' defense mostly just bent and mostly didn't break. They won this game early and mostly held on late. Dallas was moving the ball well in this one, but four key plays early in this game really helped the Packers build their three-score lead, which they never gave back. First is Jair Alexander's pick, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this one because, honestly, he didn't have a whole lot to do with this play. As far as interceptions go, this was kind of a cheapie. The ball was thrown behind Amari Cooper. He almost made the catch, but didn't quite pull it in. And actually, in the process, all but handed the ball to Jair Alexander, giving him his first interception of the season. Sure, it's a cheap pick, but there are no style points in the NFL. A turnover is a turnover, and the Packers had the ball after that play. The second play is a third and five sack on the second Cowboys drive. The Cowboys got into field goal range on their second drive, but on second and seven, the Packers stuffed Ezekiel Elliott, putting the Cowboys into a third and seven. 
Zadarius Smith sacks Dak Prescott and forces Dallas to punt. The sack actually forced them out of field goal range, uh, leading to the punt. And on the very next drive, the Packers went 89 yards for a touchdown to take a 14 to nothing lead. On Dallas's very next drive came the third crucial play for the Packers. A second and 11 play, Chandon Sullivan made a great break on the ball for his first NFL interception. Looked like he was in zone and driving towards the line of scrimmage when he read Dak Prescott, put on the brakes, leaped backwards, made a great interception. The Packers didn't score on their next drive, but this did take away another Dallas possession that looked like it was going places. They preserved the shutout to that point. I think it should be pointed out that prior to Brian Gutekunst becoming the general manager in Green Bay, I think a guy like Chandon Sullivan wouldn't be on the Packers roster. His spot there would probably have been taken either by sixth-round pick Kadar Holman or an undrafted free agent. Instead, you've got Sullivan, who has a big advantage over both of those players, just the slightest little bit of actual NFL experience. He played five games with the Eagles last year, got in uh, like 70-something snaps on defense, and it's nice to guy have a guy back there with some, however little it may be, NFL experience. Finally, on Dallas's fourth drive, the Packers managed to get them into a third and four or five or so um, after four straight Tony Pollard runs. Facing an obvious passing situation, Preston Smith managed to not- notch the Packers' second sack in four drives for Dallas, and the Packers went up 17 to nothing on their very next drive. Those four plays really helped the Packers build their lead early and allowed them to, if not coast, uh, play differently down the stretch. Since they knew the pass was coming, they could play their entire defense differently. It was, it was uh, very crucial, I think, to build this lead early, as we've seen with how the Packers have played kind of in every game so far this season. But they managed to build this lead thanks to these four individual defensive plays in an otherwise unspectacular defensive effort. So what does all this mean? Again, I think you, you have to look at this as something of a signature win. The Packers beat up, shorthanded, go into Dallas, and win against a good Dallas team. That's pretty great in and of itself. It also looks, even if the score isn't great from a defensive perspective, 24 points, a whole bunch of yards, looks like a pretty complete game. The Packers didn't tail off quite as much in the second half on offense as they have in other games so far this season. Also means that they're 4-1, and one, which, to be honest, is kind of unexpected. I would have said, at best, probably 3-2, and two, maybe even 2-3. and three. Things go really bad, maybe one and four, and those are some dark days in Green Bay if Matt LaFleur starts his uh, his tenure in Green Bay one and four. And again, I have to return to that analogy. Don't look the gift horse in the mouth. Take the win. Don't complain about what could have been better or should have been better or should have been worse. That's for Monday. For right now, you enjoy the win, and you'd stockpile a win for when you need it later in the season. My prediction was the Packers would be somewhere between 9-7 and seven and 11-5. and five. If the Packers get to 10 wins, say by week 15 or so, they're in a great position to really, well, kind of control their own destiny. Not even kind of. At that point, you're almost certainly controlling your own destiny. Every week that goes by that you don't add another digit to the loss column really changes the entire complexion of your season. And right now, the Packers only have that one loss. That is crucial. 
What happens next? Next week, the Packers will be hosting the Detroit Lions at Lambeau Field on Monday Night Football. Detroit was idle this week, an early bye for them. Just as a reminder, the Packers don't have their bye week all all the way until week 11. So far this season, Detroit is 2-1-1, skating by on some pretty close games. Of course, they do have that tie. No margin of victory or loss there, but their two wins and one loss have been decided by a total of 10 points. I think this could be a pretty good game. I think Detroit has been pretty solid so far this season. It all is, and this is just the way Detroit is, probably going to be a matter of which Detroit team you get on this particular weekend. Are you going to get the team that played Kansas City tough and held on till the very end against a very tough Chiefs team? Or are you going to get the team that let the the Cardinals back in in a game that they should have put away and ended up tying. That's kind of uh, the state of the Detroit Lions, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Packers get next week. Here are a few thoughts and observations before we head out in this particular episode. First, Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott showed a big reason why passer rating is flawed. We use passer rating in our analysis as much because it's kind of ubiquitous as anything else. I don't think it's a particularly good stat, but everybody uses it. You can still do some useful things with it, but still, it's not the greatest number. To wit, Dak Prescott threw three interceptions, but had 463 yards passing and two touchdowns. His passer rating is 83.8 on the afternoon. Aaron Rodgers threw no picks, but had just 238 yards and no touchdowns. His passer rating, just 85.2. If you look at those numbers, you'd think Aaron Rodgers played only slightly better than Dak Prescott, but Prescott all but took his team out of the game in this one. Now, a couple of those picks weren't necessarily his fault, but he threw three passes that resulted in interceptions. And a fourth one threw some uh, advantageous refereeing uh, was not ultimately an interception. Meanwhile, Rodgers did what he was supposed to do and missed two touchdowns through no fault of his own. Jake Kumaro fell down after making a catch, slipped on what looked to be a, a good chance to get into the end zone, ended up that uh, that route or that, uh, that drive ended with an Aaron Jones touchdown. On a different play, Darius Shepard dropped the ball in the end zone after being interfered with, but still it was a catchable ball in the end zone. If those two plays go a different way, Rodgers probably has a much better much better passer rating. That's just the way things go sometimes. And uh, unfortunately, you don't get the raw stats there for Aaron Rodgers. To his credit, after the game, he said he didn't really care. He's compiled a bunch of stats. He just cares about winning now. Good for him. More on the passing game. The Packers did a pretty good job spreading the ball around. Uh, but I, I, if you were looking to this game to relieve any concerns about the wide receivers, well, you probably didn't get it. Aaron Rodgers completed passes to nine different pass catchers in this one, three to, or, to three different running backs for 12 completions total, six completions to three different tight ends, and just four completions to three different wide receivers. I am concerned about the, the wide receiving group uh, beyond Devontae Adams. They haven't added blue chip talent there in a long time, and I think that could be a problem for them going forward. Of course, they've tried to get their defense shored up instead of drafting wide receivers, which is fair, considering how the Packers' defense has been for quite a while. But still, 
it leaves you without picks to invest in uh, high-end wide receivers, and those would be some really good things to have right now. Corey Lindsley's injury is also concerning. He left late in the first quarter uh, with a concussion, and uh, Lucas Patrick was an adventure in relief. Uh, So bad were some of his snaps that uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman thought he was doing direct snaps to Aaron Jones. That says probably about as much about uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman as it does about Lucas Patrick and his snaps, but uh, we'll leave that point kind of lie. I've been banging the drum about backup center for like four years now. Uh, The Packers have not really been settled with a a competent backup since J.C. Treader left town, which is fine if you think you can get by through an entire season with with your starter, and the Packers have been able to do that. But this looks to be the year where they're finally going to have to make some adjustments to their center situation. This is the first time since 2016 Lindsley will not have played 100% of the offensive snaps. Even if it's only a week, even if it's uh, just a couple weeks, those are going to be a couple weeks where you're going to have to be watching each and every snap the Packers make. Staying on the offensive line, I am mildly concerned and uh, growing more concerned about David Bakhtiari. He had a hold and a false start in this game, the third of each of those penalties so far this year. Six penalties on the year for David Bakhtiari so far, the most he's had in a single year since he had two th- since he had 11 in 2015. He has been battling a back issue. Uh, he was checked out for a stinger last week. It's concerning. If it's injury related, that's one thing and uh, that could get better over the course of the season. It could get worse over the course of the season, but it's a, a trend we're going to need to be watching and uh, Bakhtiari has not been his usual self so far this year. Other than the penalties, I mean, he's been he's been his typical great self, but uh, those are six significant plays that have cost the Packers this year. Switching to defense, the Packers were better on at getting their hands on the ball this week. So last week we talked about how the Packers in our ball hawk stat were not doing particularly well. They just had two ball hawks against the Eagles. This week they were back up to 14, and that was a big reason that the Packers defense was able to do what it did. They were knocking down passes, getting interceptions, and getting to the quarterback all very good things to do. Speaking of good things to be doing, converting in the red zone. The Packers were miserable in the red zone against the Redskins, against the Redskins, against the Eagles. NFC East, I guess. Uh, Redskins coming up later this season. Um, In the red zone, the Packers were, were not great against the Eagles. But this week against the Cowboys, also in the NFC East, they were six of six by my count, coming away with four touchdowns and two field goals on their trips to the red zone. More importantly, three of four times they advanced inside the five, they ended up with a touchdown. The one time they didn't was that sequence we already talked about that ended with uh, Aaron Rodgers pulling it on the run pass option on third down. Overall, you have to like that effort. Wish that other one would have been a touchdown, but hey, you can't have everything. Again, overall, this is a good win. Don't feel bad about this win just because it could have been better. Yeah, it could have been. But just about every win could have been better. And we could sit here and do coulda, woulda, shoulda after every game, win or loss. The important thing is the Packers won. That's all I've got for you on this episode. If you like what you heard, leave us a rating and a review 
on the podcast listening app of your choice. It does help more people find the show. You can also choose to support us by checking out any of the fine options at the support page at thepowersweep.com. The easiest way, though, among those to support us is uh, probably Patreon, patreon.com slash thepowersweep. Leave a dollar a month there. That helps us offset some of the costs we run up doing this podcast and website and all of those good things. If you have a question, if you have a thought, don't hesitate to reach out. Any question is a good question. Don't be shy. Uh, I will try to answer every question that I get, and I know there are still a couple lingering in my inbox, so I will try to get to those as soon as I can. But give us a shout via email, via the contact page at thepowersweep.com, via Facebook, via Twitter, wherever. Find us, ask us a question. We'd be happy to chat with you about Packers because really that is what helps us advance our mission of helping everybody become smarter Packers fans. Because as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We will see you next time on Blue 58.